0: Thank you, Asanda. Six and a half minutes past 12. This is Midday Live on SAFM, South Africa's News and Information Leader. So, what have you been reading this weekend in the world of sport and politics? Well, it's a brand new weekend. Uh, how was your weekend, by the way? We saw uh, the ANC's elective conference in Welkom going ahead as planned. Ace Mahashule is once again the chairperson of the ANC and that, uh, uh, of course, uh, that makes him uh, the country's longest uh, ANC chairperson, longest serving ANC NC chairperson ever in the history of the NC post, of course, uh, uh, apartheid. Is it okay for for a leader to stay on for that long? Yes, no. What do you think? But then again, it's what the NC branches want, so there can't be anything wrong there if the NC says uh, you must remain the chairperson. But what is your view on that one? Three four seven zero one. And of course, the NC maintaining that uh, the unauthorized lending of the Gupta family plane at Evattuclaw uh, Air Force Base has nothing to do with uh, the president, President Jacob Zuma. Them, the party says the president will not be part of uh, the snap parliamentary debate on uh, that uh, particular issue. Well. On on to sport. Very a lot happening really uh, over the weekend. Sir Alex Ferguson finally saying his goodbyes. With a 2-1 win over Swansea uh, Great uh, for him and of course All the Red Devil supporters What about Kaiser Chiefs winning the league without Kicking the ball? Uh, they are not celebrating Yet until their last match against The Turks uh, that's on Saturday They play Supersport I think on Wednesday Also and uh, congratulations to Russell Domingo unveiled This weekend as the Proteas coach Gary Kirsten not renewing his uh, Two year contract and uh, Domingo Gets two years also uh, to keep The Proteas at uh, number one in Test cricket and maybe try uh, The number one spot also In that limited uh, overs format There, Serena Williams and uh, Rafael Nadal Regained supreme or rather uh, Reigned supreme uh, on Clay in uh, the Madrid Masters Just uh, some of the stories that happened Over the weekend and on service delivery I'm glad we'll be talking to the Mayor of Her Joburg, that's uh, Park Staw. Uh, just on service delivery issues can somebody please fix the traffic light that has uh, been down for the past week and a half or so, it's on first and main street here in Melville just uh, it, it wreaks havoc really especially in the morning when you come towards the SABC from the Cresta side on Bears No Dear, especially in the mornings, surely somebody in the city of Joburg has seen that one, please can you just attend to it. Alright, uh, let's get on now with the program, we go to our reporter Idumele Khajane. the uh, the The chairperson of the Marikana Commission of Inquiry, retired judge uh, Ian Fallam, says that the commission is concerned about uh, the continuous attack of political witnesses, or rather potential witnesses. Fallam has sent condolences to the family of uh, 46-year-old slain trade union, Amkus Rustenberg organiser, Steve Kulekile. Fallam has acknowledged that uh, the killing of uh, potential potential witnesses will hamper the work of uh, the commission. Uh, Tumelen, good afternoon to you. Good afternoon, Bondi. All right. Let, let's start outside the, the commission uh, itself, sitting in Rustenberg. Let's go to Nkaneng informal settlement there in the Marikana area in the northwest. The situation is reported to be still tense, of course, following the killing of uh, AMCO regional organizer. Uh, just uh, bring us up to speed with the developments there right now. What are you hearing? And uh, has uh, anyone been uh, arrested? What, what is going on?
1: well at this point in time the you know first police uh spoke to to learn gubani confirmed to us that uh they haven't as uh of now arrested anyone uh regarding or in connection with the murder of uh regional organizer of uh amku here in Rastenberg. but um uh, the, the the leaders of AMCU, your know, joseph martin has since you know uh pleaded with uh his his uh uh or rather members of his his, his organization that they, sh- they should avoid being engaged in any squabbles with anyone at this point in time and let the police deal with this matter. So at this point in time, there are no developments in terms of, you know, the case on its own. And here are the calls for workers. To 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 stay away from you know uh, any criminal activity in trying to avenge uh, mm. the matter of uh, uh, Kuleki. But we do understand that even yesterday the 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 the, the mine workers, uh, uh, particularly the members of AMCU, held a meeting briefly, you know, to 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 talk about how how they. they or others to look for a way forward, you know, and then how do they respond to uh, this matter.
0: Mm, okay, but the situation uh, in Kaneng remains tense.
1: Yes, at this point in time, I do understand that it, it, it is still tense, you
0: know? Okay, all right. Because, uh, because
1: it's not only, it's not only politically, there are some two people, two people also who were killed in in Kaneng in, in, in also. So
0: all right uh, let's move on now and uh, of course uh, the, the Commission has called on witnesses and others who are due to testify to come forward if they feel unsafe that now that call is made even right now as the Commission is sitting just uh, talk us through how it started uh, the Commission this morning uh, really I'm sure it was more on a somber note but uh, really also the, the this kind of uh, a call being made
1: well Immediately when the the, the commission uh, uh, resumed this morning, you know, uh, retired judge Ian Falum, uh, the chairperson of this commission, uh, called uh, Heidi Banz, uh who's the lawyer for for uh, Amku, and who read a statement from Joseph Matujo, the leader of Amku. Uh, in that statement, um, Matujo uh, pleaded with uh, all the mine workers to to stay away from. From all sorts of you know criminal activities that they shouldn't at any point in time try to avenge the killing of colleagues. That they should at all times you know uh, uh, work together. Whether that person is from the union, as they they are from the same union, or they are from different you know they must they must at all times avoid uh, you know being involved in any criminal activity. And then immediately uh, uh, Judge Ian Salam also uh convey these condolences to to Kulekiles family and also said this uh, this kind of killings you know are, 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 have the potential to to to, to hamper the, the work of the commission because we understand that this is the the the, the state you know uh, uh, potential witness who, who died because last week uh, uh, another witness committed suicide. attack georgia was killed who georgia is that traditional doctor who who, who apparently helped uh, the man workers before Marigana incidents. So they are truly concerned about, you know, uh, uh, this kind of killing.
0: Idumele Khajane, our reporter in the Northwest, thank you very much. 13 minutes past 12. Out top story this hour, the chairperson of the Marikana Commission of Inquiry, retired Judge Ian Fallam, says that the commission is concerned about the continuous attack of potential witnesses. Looking at the markets at this hour, gold is trading at one thousand four hundred twenty nine dollars and seventy four cents an ounce, platinum at one thousand four hundred eighty six dollars an ounce. The rand is trading at nine rand eleven cents against the US dollar at thirteen ninety nine to the pound and eleven eighty two to the euro.
2: Join me, Debbie Edelstein, at the eighth We Are the Leaders We've Been Waiting For Women's Leadership Conference on the 22nd and 23rd of May. Each year, the Women's Leadership Conference asks powerful leaders to share their leadership secrets with women who want to fast-track their path from good managers to great leaders. For more information on the Women's Leadership Conference, call Lizzie on 011-880-9749 or visit qualitylife.coza. Because when women connect, the world changes. You've got a cocktail party to attend and need a babysitter. Do you ask, A, your mother, B, your neighbor, or C, your husband's mistress?
3: When the family business is a casino, everything's a gamble. Watch the brand new South African drama series High Rollers every Tuesday night
2: at 8.30. Only on SABC3.
0: It's 15 minutes past 12 This is Midday Live on SAFM South Africa's news and information leader Platinum miner Lonmin More than doubled first half of its profit Compared to a troubled 2012 But the company has warned Of significant challenges ahead of wage talks However the miner Beat market expectations With a pre-tax profit of $54 million compared to $18 million a year ago It was boosted by a lower than expected Increase of 5.8% in costs. reports.
4: Lonman, the world's third largest primary platinum producer, was at the center of a wave of labor unrest and violence at last year that left dozens dead. Lonman's finances were also battered and it had to tap shareholders for cash and has been battling to return to full production since. Sharing its investors, however. Lonmin, one of the industry's highest cost producers, said costs rose close to 6% in the six months to end March versus a year ago. Simon Scott is the group's acting chief executive officer.
5: I'm pleased to report that we substantially exceeded our renewal plan to deliver a strong operational and financial performance in the first half of the 2013 financial year. As you know, we undertook a successful rights issue which raised $767 million dollars in net proceeds after costs and foreign exchange, which allowed us to settle all of our debt. As a result, our balance sheet is now robust and allows us funding resilience going forward.
4: In the six months, the group produced 666,000 ounces of platinum.
5: We are increasing our guidance of platinum metal in concentrate production to in excess of 700,000 ounces.
4: Lonmin says it has yet to strike a new recognition agreement with its majority union, AMCU.
5: We are responding inclusively to the change in union dynamics. We have not yet finalised the recognition agreement with the unions that represent our employees, and the matter has been referred to the CCMA. We welcome this and are hopeful that our current consultation and negotiation process will arrive at an arrangement that satisfactorily addresses the needs of all of our employees.
4: Lonmin's shares are currently up over 6%. Morafi SBC News, Johannesburg.
0: The Road Inspectorate Commission probing the death of eight people during a fitness test in Pietermaritzburg in December for a recruitment process is currently underway. The first witness is being cross-examined by Advocate Ravi Padayachi for the Provincial Department of Transport. Let's speak now to our reporter, Lego Sope. Good afternoon to you.
6: Good afternoon.
0: Uh, t- talk us through what is happening uh, at the moment. We understand uh, that uh, well. The commission has resumed. Obviously, it uh, it was adjourned for a couple of days. It's back on now. And uh, Advocate Ravi Padayachi is representing the provincial department. Who is he cross-examining right now?
6: Okay, i um, Advocate Ravi Padayachi. Is cross-examining uh, the first uh, witness, Ntandtandla uh, um who has who who, who has been giving a uh, uh, his testimony since last week. Uh, today, he has kind of. like pointed out that she is not a worthy uh, witness, as, as he has uh, called her a liar. Then uh, Advocate Tandino Men was insolvent in saying that you need to, uh, you know, give us a substantial statement um, before calling the, the, the witness a liar. He was referring to the fact that Mulambos um, uh, said that she saw people collapsing on the 27th, while on the 28th uh, she saw people who had already collapsed. So uh, uh, advocate Pelay uh, advocate Padiyatt says uh, that does not make any sense because on her affidavit she didn't state uh, the safe and the date. Uh, she just said she saw people collapsing.
0: Mm. And uh, what else happened so far?
6: Um, as we speak now, we have we had to take a break as the. Uh, the, uh, the witness was kind of emotional because, you know, um there, there are questions that has, had put her under pressure, um, you know, as, uh, advocates, you know, put it to her that calling her a liar, she feels that is not fair to her as, you know, she has given, uh, her, um, statement to her personality life, ev and, and she has cited that she was there. She saw people standing long hours without water. She said she saw people collapsing and, you know, she saw people, you know, taking uh, uh, longer time before uh, getting any help from uh, the paramedics. And she said that, you know, there were no muscles on, on the four-kilometer run, uh, you know, guiding the people who were partic- participating in that four-kilometer run. And, you, you know, after all that, she said, um, you know, the, the, the Department of Transport can make their own you know, assumptions, but she said, by part, she has, to
0: the commission. Mm. Any presentation on the on-local inspection that was done uh, the last time the Commission said, which means that the 4km uh, radius uh, uh, inspection in fact that happened around the Herigwala Stadium and along the 4 kilometer route which was uh, run by the applicants as well?
6: Yes, um, the, the, there is, uh, you know, information on it and it, it has been given to, for the Department of Transport and and, 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 and the, and the old, you know, people concerned and, you know, also on the, on, on the information, it it states clearly that there were people, there were no muscles on the route and there were also no people carrying traffic for the applicants to be able to run freely and the issue of water is also in question.
0: Thank you very much, our reporter in kwazulu Natal, uh, live from uh, Peter Maritzberg, where the Road Inspectorate Commission uh, probing the deaths of eight people during a fitness test in uh, Peter Maritzberg in December for a recruitment process is currently sitting. Let's go to Parliament now, and we welcome our Parliamentary Correspondent, uh, Mercedes Persent. The hearings of uh, Parliament's uh, Committee on Ethics and uh, Members' Interest is taking much longer than expected to investigate Communications Minister Dinapule. And, uh, of course, uh, let's say good afternoon now to Mercedes Persent. Why is this uh, taking this longer than expected?
7: Well, yes, indeed, Uh, the the panel chairperson already indicated that uh, two weeks ago, remember, it was supposed to have been two days, and they said that, you know, it was uh, quite lengthy, the discussions were thorough, and uh, you'd remember that uh, initially they said there were about 2,000 pages worth of evidence, so uh, obviously a hearing like that would take uh, much longer.
0: What's at the heart of it?
7: Well, indeed, at the heart of this investigation is the issue, particularly around, uh, uh, you know, allegations that the minister has a, a romantic had a romantic relationship with one of the ICT ICT Indaba beneficiaries, and also whether, uh, indeed, if this person who uh, allegedly has this romantic relationship with the minister did benefit from the ICT Indaba.
0: And uh, the kind of uh, information that is coming out there right now, as, as you've highlighted that it's taking much longer than expected, surely there's been a lot of information.
7: Give us the highlights. Well, all I can say right now, because this is actually a closed meeting, uh, and they said this is in terms of the rules of parliament and as well as in terms of the constitution that's according to the chairperson, Professor Ben Churok. But, uh, you know, it is an investigation which normally takes place behind closed doors, and it's very difficult sometimes to even know what is really happening behind closed doors, even leakages sometimes. You might be lucky, but uh, uh, even uh, party members, we know this is a multi-party disciplinary panel and some of them may have sworn that no leakages, they won't leak any information and this is a closed meeting. So any action can be taken against even any member of an opposition party or any member of the ANC who leaks the information. So it becomes a bit very difficult. But what I understand is that the hearings are going to continue this week, uh, two more days have been set aside and uh, uh, Professor Ben Churo says he hopes that uh, it will be the end of the hearings, uh, you know, on Thursday so two days have been set aside and he's saying that mm. expecting about three more witnesses who will come forward you know. and
0: what is it that the commission is trying to establish whether uh, the, the, the allegations are true or not whether the department is run efficiently what is it that it's looking at precisely
7: you see, the last time when I also spoke to the committee, they were saying that you know, when you look at in terms of the rules of Parliament and in terms of the rules of members' interests, uh, all ministers, all MPs who are also ministers, are supposed to, you know, uh, uh, to submit uh, to the members' interest co- committee to say that these are some of the interests that we do have, these are the business interests that we do have. But at the same time, they are supposed to also declare, you know, interests that their partners have. So if you have a partner. Now, whether it's your boyfriend or whether it's your girlfriend, but uh, if it is really your boyfriend or really your girlfriend, you have to say to Parliament that I have a boyfriend uh, who has a business somewhere else. So that is also one of the things that, uh, when the last time when I spoke to uh, uh, the co-chairperson, he said, if it is indeed true that uh, uh, the person, you know, uh, the person who allegedly has this romantic relationship with the minister, if it's true that that's the case, then it means the minister should have declared. Mm. It doesn't matter whether they were married or not.
0: And the minister will be making presentations as well.
7: Here's the minister. In fact, the form of the presentations, well, uh, let me say that, you know, over the last two day, days, uh, the minister uh, was the first witness and there were other witnesses. And the form of the, of the hearing, the, what happened, uh, you know, the, the way I understood and when I uh, asked the committee chairperson is that the minister is also given the opportunity to engage or to question some of the witnesses in that hearing. So it's not like the minister, uh, you know, is sitting outside when other witnesses have been called in she, was there. It's, it's a sort of an engagement with members of parliament uh, and even witnesses. So the minister also has the opportunity where she, if she's been implicated or if she's been accused of something to question that witness at that time in that hearing and I'm sure this is something that's going to happen again for the next two day, days on Wednesday and Thursday.
0: You see this present our parliamentary correspondent, thank you very much. We go to Limpopo now where the trial against a Limpopo Department of Education official is expected to resume in the Kiyani Regional Court. It's Kubai, you remember him, was arrested last year following the discovery of about 700 textbooks dumped at the banks of Nzami Dam in Kiyani. Meanwhile Section 27 had given a basic education department until the 7th of uh, this month to deliver textbooks to Limpopo schools several schools primary and high schools there are still without textbooks 5 months into the academic year to tell us more about this now we joined on the line by Nikki Stain she's the spokesperson for Section 27 good afternoon to you Nikki
8: afternoon and afternoon to the listeners
0: Right, here we go again, five months into uh, the academic year, nothing has moved, well at least some schools are still without uh, textbooks in Limpopo, we were here again last year and the promises were made and assurances were given, really what do we have to read into this now?
8: We are in a similar position to last year. It's certainly better because some schools have got their textbooks, um, but there is definitely a significant number of schools still waiting textbooks. The Department of Education have promised us that they would complete delivery by the 10th of May, which was last Friday, and we gave them until that date. We have been following up this morning, um, and some schools have still not got all of their books for this year, one or two schools that we've spoken to have got none of their books for this year.
6: Hmm.
8: Um, That's concerning in itself, but what's concerning us as well is the fact that we have been flooded with phone calls this morning from schools to report textbook shortages, but to plead with us not to give their names to the Department of Education because they have been intimidated and threatened um, and told that, If they do report their textbook shortages, disciplinary steps may be taken against them.
0: And that is very serious. What are we going to do about that?
8: We need to come up with a strategy. We've we've encountered that problem um, across all of the issues in the education crisis as well as on our work in in health at Section 27. Um, We have spoken to the Public Protector about coming up with some strategy to deal with intimidation and victimization um, unfortunately it is a very real problem. We've got wonderful laws which put in sorry, which protect whistleblowers. Um but themselves those laws have challenges and, and we need to to look at addressing those, um, to encourage people to come forward with, with what their challenges are. That they're facing.
0: But who who is making these these threats? Is it is it the department threatening schools? Is it principals uh, threatening teachers uh, and whistleblowers? Who in, in, when when you investigate, who is behind these threats?
8: We've been told that the threats are being made by officials in both the national and provincial education departments. When we have raised the issue specifically with those people in the departments that we we're in touch with around the textbooks crisis. They have told us that they will treat the allegations very seriously and that they will follow up on the issue. Unfortunately, the threats have continued and, in fact, seem to have intensified, Mm. um, which is obviously an enormous obstacle to addressing the textbooks crisis and, and any other issues which may come up.
0: The seventh has come and gone now. What are you going to do? What's your way forward?
8: The department had actually told us that they would complete delivery by the 10th, which was Friday, and so we've been following up the schools this morning. Um, I have just spoken to the responsible official in the Department of Basic Education, and I will be speaking to him again this afternoon to get updates on the specific schools that we have raised with the department. Um, We will see if, over the next short while, substantial delivery of books takes place. And if not, we'll have to reassess and and see how best to take it forward.
0: Well, thank you very much Aniki Stain, Spokesperson for Section 27 There you have it If you are in Limpopo We hear many schools there are still without uh, textbooks and learning material Please uh, just uh, help us understand uh, the, how bad the situation is uh, We are on uh, 34701 You can SMS us if you know even one school uh, We'll mention that school by name here on M. Uh, it's 12.30 now And we say good afternoon to Asanda Mansaunyan with the news headlines
2: Afternoon bonki thanks Residents of Tanduku Kanya in Retief, Mpumalanga, have set alight a local clinic and a truck during a violent service delivery protest which is underway in the area. Chairperson of the Margana Commission of Inquiry, retired Judge Ian Farlum, says the commission is concerned about the continuous attack of potential witnesses. Fulham has sent condolences to the family of 46-year-old slain trade union Amkus Rustenburg organizer, Steve Kulegile. And the mayor of London, Boris Johnson, says Britain's problems are caused by laziness and underperformance and that they would not be solved by leaving the European Union. He made the comments after two senior government ministers said they would vote for Britain to leave the EU if a referendum were held. For SFM News, I'm Asanda Matzaunyane. Details at 1 o'clock. Back to you, Bongi.
0: Thank you very much, Asanda. You're talking about a building that was a satellite in Pumalanga. Right? Local clinic. Local clinic. Yeah. Okay, last week we had a, a, a municipal building that was satellite there in Pumalanga, Emelo yeah. area. All right. So there, there you go. Uh, so if we if we satellite our institutions, where are we gonna get information? Library, clinic, I mean, really, where are we gonna get help? Doesn't help. We need to talk about this thing. In fact, we have a, a short package here put together by Toby Sim Kalipi on what is happening in uh, in MLO. As you remember, we've been covering MLO quite a, a great deal. So we'll go back there and see what is going on. But before we do all that, let's go to Nancy Richards, uh, who is in Cape Town. What's coming up on Otherwise this Monday, Nancy? Hi there,
7: Bongi. Well, you know,
9: just hearing about about the burning of the local clinic. What a pity And making the lives of nurses even more difficult. Well, as you know, yesterday was International Nurses Day, but why are we still short of nurses in South Africa? Going to be talking to a couple of women from the essential profession to see if they have some thoughts on that. We'll also be getting a look at the new measures introduced to protect victims of harassment and Finally, or starting off with, we're going to find out how they got on at the Table of Peace and Unity yesterday on the slopes of Table Mountain, where they were busy raising money for organisations caring for abused women and children. So that's in our lineup. Hope you can join us, and it's coming up right after
7: News at One. Thanks, Pumkey.
0: Thank you very much Nancy I'll be reading your SMSs shortly But uh, let's go to Mpumalanga speaking of which And uh, the scourge of uh, service delivery protests Continue to haunt the province of Mpumalanga This year has seen an increase of such incidents In the province at a huge cost to government uh, As public property is uh, damaged Last week in Wasaltin near Ermelo Residents set municipal offices alight They were raising concerns over poor management And high levels of corruption in the municipality. Mtobi Simkalipe reports.
10: Nsubalikwa municipality under whose jurisdiction a town like Emelo and Westleton has experienced a few service delivery protests since the beginning of this year. Other parts of the province that have seen such protests are Bushbuckridge, Ridge, Bombela, and the Goma's region. In most of the protests, poor service delivery and non-availability of clean potable water topped the list of grievances. In Washington, residents still complained about failure to provide basic services such as water and electricity. They claimed to have been without clean water for almost seven months. They barricaded streets with burning tires and vandalized public property. Learning and teaching was also disrupted. No water, no pumps, nothing happened here. I think Maspalat is is the one who must play because we are under Maspalat here. I think that is true. Others must leave there, must remove there, must leave their we could Get other people
0: who will be better. They didn't have water. It's from last year. So they
10: bring us water tank. and The water tank they come around 11 or 12 midnight. So we don't have a chance to to get water by other times. So we supposed to sleep. And then they bring the water tank by that time so it's difficult for us the residents are also calling for the removal of the mayor but the municipality says there is no need for the violence protests or the removal of the mayor the office of the auditor general has also said the municipality could not account for about 300 million rand in the past financial year while admitting that it is difficult to deliver services to the people the municipality has dismissed corruption claims. the municipal manager Tamil Thamini says the residents are aware of the problems faced by his municipality as there have been consultations. Well, I still maintain that if there are uh, elements of or, or allocations of corruptions, uh, employees are at debate to report such corruption to our toll-free line. Uh, uh, pertaining to s- basic service delivery, yes, we have some challenges there and there, but we have plans in place to avert such challenges. That is incorrect that we couldn't account for 200 million lamb. What, what I think that figure emanates from the uh, disclaimer audit opinion that we received from the auditor general report. Uh, there were the differences between the closing balance and the opening balance in terms of our general and our annual financial assessment we have we are busy correcting that so that uh, we you know we get maybe an unqualified audit opinion on this financial year
0: That is um, Msugalikwa Municipal Manager Tamid Lamini ending that report by Mtobisi Mkalipi. On the re-election of Ace Mahashule as the Chairman of the ANC in uh, the Northwest, uh, this one says, uh, Bongi Mahashule is good in manipulating branches using state resources, not because branches want him. He sidelines those who oppose him, hence he is uh, always unopposed. ANC Nationally are protecting him because some have businesses with free state government. This one comes from Tabo, the who is in Bloemfontein. So he knows very well what is going on there, Tabo. And, of course, uh, the issue of uh, books. What is Banyaz Ali Sufi saying? Because in February he lied on National Radio that uh, all textbooks were delivered and uh, threatened to take uh, the DA to court. Well, not only that, I think I heard him this morning saying that also he's, uh, he wants to take uh, the uh, weekend newspaper to court because they uh, mentioned the schools that allegedly do not have uh, learning and teaching material. So it doesn't end there. And you heard of course uh, Nicky Stein saying that uh, they are reassessing the situation. The deadline for the delivery of all textbooks and uh, other learning materials and teaching materials of course uh, was the 7th of uh, May according to law and uh, the, the courts there. But uh, that has uh, come and gone and uh, some schools are still without books there. Alright, let's come back now to Joburg. Uh, I'm glad to welcome on the line the Mayor of uh, Joburg, Mr. Park Stawo. Johannesburg uh, Mayor saying that uh, the old and aging infrastructure in the city will be recapitalized next year. Um, Mr. Dow said this during a debate on his state of the city address he presented last week. Uh, Mr. Mayor, good afternoon.
11: Good afternoon, Bang.
0: It talks to also, I'm glad you're touching on this because earlier on I was complaining about a traffic light that has been down for a couple of days now here in Melville but it talks to issues like those that there needs to be money spent on recapitalizing infrastructure. Just talk us through that. How much have you set aside for this? How long is it going to take? What else is involved?
11: Thanks, Pong. Just to say that the focus of the city has been on ensuring that we able to reorganize our finances in a way that releases more and more resources towards capital investment programs. We announced last year that uh, the city would need to spend over 100 billion billion rands over a period of uh, 10 years to be able to cope with its current and future infrastructure requirements. Mm. Uh, And at the back of that, we then developed a 15-point financial strategy that would get, up, get us there. We will be increasing our capital expenditure in the next financial year, which starts in July, from a current 3.9 billion rents to 7.6 billion next year, and the following year to above 11 billion rents, and, and the subsequent year also above 11 billion rents. Uh, that is the back of, of uh, our financial strategy that, is, that we've implemented. The results would be that it gives us the resources to be able to address aging and old infrastructure in the first instance, Mm. uh, so that we move beyond catching up what currently is not working optimally to ensuring that we're able to recapitalize and ensure longer term availability of infrastructure. And we've looked at uh, the strategic areas where we need to start, which would be, the major arterials, the strategic nodes in the city. So you would find that uh, over the next three years we'd be spending a lot of energy and resources in addressing old and ageing infrastructure.
0: Uh, across, across the board, uh, Mr. Mayor, you're talking waters, uh, water here, supply of water and the old pipes and traffic lights and uh, among other things, those would be prioritized.
11: They would all be prioritized. It's across the board. It's a significant increase in infrastructure spent by the city of Johannesburg, and that enables us to prioritize all areas, uh, including prioritizing all the areas that require attention in the city of Johannesburg. Uh expanding infrastructure to communities that currently do not have infrastructure, but also replenishing infrastructure to communities that have had the infrastructure, but it's aging and decaying. Mm. Uh, The third leg of our investment program would be focused on what we call the corridors of freedom. This is really knitting the city back together. Uh, if you look at the spatial structure of Johannesburg, and I think most South African st- cities, they still reflect the the old apartheid planning model that puts poor black people in the periphery uh, and those more prosperous closer to uh, opportunities that event centers provide, jobs, cultural centers, museums, and all other facilities that you require. And our approach is that we need to redefine the city of Johannesburg through these strategic corridors that we have identified that should enable us to redesign the city into a fundamentally different city than the one we've inherited. So our programs would move beyond just building houses where people are and where the demand is to ensuring that we invest in a way that redefines the city and therefore creates opportunities for people to gain access in different areas and through those corridors. Uh, stitch the
0: city together I'm glad you're touching on the houses Because we'll be talking about uh, the RDP 96-97 project But uh, staying in the inner city for now The, the, the revitalization program are, are you are you going to start uh, attracting businesses back into the city Or have you shared that, uh, that, uh, that strategy Which was implemented a while back Where new houses were built With the hope that uh, the likes of the banks will stay in the city The likes of uh, motor uh, suppliers will stay in the city and so on
11: the inner city continues to receive the attention, I and mean, it is one of the success stories of Johannesburg. If you think about the inner city of Johannesburg, 10, 15 years ago, were decaying, et cetera, into the inner city. We've seen the major financial institutions remaining uh, in the inner city. We've also seen uh, uh, new investments into the inner city. I mean, you have... Institutions like Zurich Bank and others that have come back into the inner city and created uh, some vibrant areas, including residential accommodation mm. in the inner city, so that has received a lot of attention but we think that uh, the programme still requires the attention so that we don 't dump it and say we 've made progress let 's move on let 's move forward
0: serious attention uh, and, and cleaning too uh, Mr mayor but le- let 's move now to to the project that you launched, but unfortunately overshadowed by uh, what, what happened there when, when the police tried to to stop the residents who were trying to stop the city officials who were removing uh, uh, unconnecting or rather removing uh, electricity that was uh, connected illegally. Uh, unfortunately, we, we couldn't get a sense of uh, the, the real project when we spoke to one of uh, your member of uh, the Mayoral Committee there. Maybe let, let's go back and, and, and help us understand this this project, 96-97 Houses. What is it all about?
11: The 96-97 housing list is a housing list that was generated in the years 1996-97. But our housing programs have not always responded to respond to the housing list. Then... We've focused a lot of the housing interventions in upgrading existing informal settlements, and people that uh, registered on the waiting list haven't received the attention. What we're now doing is to link the list directly to housing opportunities. Uh, you would know that uh, uh, the province also undertook a program called ZIVAZE uh, of, get, of getting people that are on that list to... to avail themselves and to confirm if they are still requiring the housing opportunities. Now we're taking that program and saying, let's link it directly to a housing program. These people on this list would go to this area. The two targeted areas are Lehigh and Lufairn. Uh, where there are new housing developments in the city of Johannesburg. And beneficiaries would be directly linked to those programs. So it's not just a verification program, but it's linking people directly to the housing opportunities.
0: All right. And finally, Mr. Mayor, briefly, uh, are you positive now that uh, the billing crisis that besieged how, uh, Johannesburg uh, some couple of years ago, right up to this year even, that one has been sorted out?
11: I'm comfortable that uh, it's been sorted out. If you look at the numbers, they, they speak for I mean, when we said 15-point financial plan, it included billing because that's part of of the revenue, a critical part of the revenue sources of the city, and it's yielding the results. We ended the last financial year with a surplus of 4.9 billion rands and cash reserves of 2.7 billion rands. So we're quite comfortable that the the results are showing and that we're now able to, to get the money so that we can invest it in the infrastructure that Johannesburg so needs.
0: Thank you very much uh, to Park Stow there. He is uh, the mayor of uh, the city of uh, Johannesburg. It's 14 minutes now to one. And with that, we say good afternoon to Clinton Smith of uh, Sasfin Securities as a portfolio manager there. How are the markets looking today,
12: Clinton? Uh, good afternoon. Uh, well, the market's a little mixed today uh, with a stronger US dollar pushing commodity prices lower and uh, uh, although our, our industrials and our financials are just holding in the green at the moment. Um, at the moment, we've got uh, the gold board up 0.2%, uh, resources down 0.5%, uh, industrials up 0.6%, and financials are up 0.3%. Uh, overall, the market's up just 72 points at the moment, 0.2% higher. It's uh, 40,304.
0: And in corporate news, today we had uh, announcements out uh, from Astral and famous brands.
12: Uh, yes, well Astral came out with uh, interim results this morning, uh, reported a, a decrease in earnings per share of uh, 47% there. Uh, Astral said in, that uh, an increase in the, in the input costs of the poultry division affected the numbers uh, and have passed on paying an interim dividend there. Uh, so Astral currently trading 3.5% low at the moment, uh, it's 90 Rand 25 cents. Uh, and then famous uh, famous brands came out with a trading update this morning as well, saying that they uh, they expect headline earnings per share to be up by between uh, 21 and 23%, so 22% there, uh, when they report their full full year results. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they're currently trading 1.1% lower at 8613.
0: And the big movers today.
12: Uh, big movers on the upside. We've got AVI up 3% at the moment, 59 rand 78. Uh, Invictus up 2.8% at 103 rand. Uh, Adcock Ingram's up 2.6% at 68 rand 48. And Discovery's up 2.6% at 85 rand 65. Uh, trading lower today. plat's down 5% at 313 rand 48 cents. Uh, Impala Platinum's down 4.3% at 105 rand 28. Uh, Basil Reed is down 2.3% today at 10 rand 60. And then lastly, African Bank is down 2%, uh, trading 22 rand and 14 cents.
0: And there, uh, your latest market indicators? Uh,
12: Gold is currently $1,429 an ounce. Uh, Platinum is trading $1,478. 4, uh, Brent crude is currently $102.59 a barrel. Uh, yield on r 157 is uh, currently around about 5%. And then finally, we've got the rand at 9.11 uh, to the U.S. dollar. Uh, We're at 11 rand, 83 cents to the euro and 14 rand exactly to the pound. And that's it from me.
0: Thank you very much, uh, Clinton Smith of uh, Southwind Securities.
4: Are you up to date with the world of property? For all things property matters, what are your rights as a property owner and or purchaser? Are you a tenant or the landlord and you need advice? What is the value of your investment in commercial property in South Africa? What matters are of importance in discussing land ownership? Trust us to simplify and help you understand the detail in all things property matters. Join me, Deneo Mulomo, every week on Tuesday morning on Morning Talk at 10.30. Hi, I'm Balen Nkirti. I'm a Shake the World ambassador, which means that I support the eight millennium development goals set by the United Nations in 2000. Lime green, orange, and dark green bees adorn my wrist because I support goal two, achieving primary education. Goal number three, promoting gender equality and empowering women. And goal seven, ensuring environmental sustainability. These are massive tasks, which will need the energy of millions. My support is how I shake the world.
5: How do you shake the world? Shake, shake, This is SAFM.
0: The South African Bus Employer Association says no agreement has been reached on wage negotiations to end the bus strike. This despite negotiations uh, took place at the weekend. The strike has entered its fourth week now. And uh, let's talk to Vincent Masoha now. He speaks on behalf of Satao. Mr. Masoha, good afternoon to you. Good afternoon, how are you, sir? Uh, I'm fine, thank you very much. No agreement yet. So what's the way forward?
13: No agreement yet, but uh, we believe that an agreement is closed. And uh, indeed, we have been providing leadership throughout the weekend, talking to all parties' content, particularly to members, and uh, consolidating a uh, possibility of, uh, of, of uh, an end to the strike. But of course, based on um, on the on the con- on the consolidation of workers' views on the on the on the agreement, at this point in time, of course, we will be meeting the employers this afternoon. We believe that there is a very high chance that there might be an agreement reached, and indeed, we do not want to find ourselves dragging uh, 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 any possibility of an agreement, or I mean, over a zero point five percent that we currently have, and if it means that uh, an agreement has to be reached, of course we've been really working hard to convince the employers to 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 consider that ten percent.
0: Okay, so that that will satisfy you. That's where you add right now. Double digit figure is what you've been asking for. Ten percent is the base of a double fi- digit figure, so that's where you add.
13: That that definitely that is where we are at, actually and that is where the members. Are most comfortable, edge. and uh, and yes, uh, we are optimistic that uh, there, there might be a deal inside.
0: Where is this uh, positive vibe coming from? I mean, where where are you seeing the signs? Do you think uh, the, the the employer really would would say ten percent is it, and let's move on and let's shake hands?
13: Yeah, I'm, I mean definitely the country, the employers have been uh, progressive equally. They have not at all. Uh, they have not at all uh, been. Um, uh, that much uh, stagnant as uh, initially. I think now all parties are prepared to to end uh, the industrial action and get them to work and uh, start really being part of 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 the economy of South Africa.
0: How soon are you hoping that will happen? Can we see uh, bus drivers going back to work as early as tomorrow, as at least by the end of the week?
13: It will depend on the finalities that we will receive the employers this afternoon. And definitely we we, we believe that uh, workers are to, to go to work as soon as possible. And of course we'll discuss all the other logistics so as to ensure that all those that need to prepare themselves and ready themselves for work are ready. We don't necessarily want to rush any process, but indeed uh once the agreement is seen and signed The workers will be ready to go to work and
0: we'll agree on the logistics of that. All right, uh, thank you very much to Vincent Masoha, spokesperson uh, for Satao. Just one SMS here coming from Rando saying that I worked as a teacher from January to April 2012 in the Eastern Cape, but up to now, no pay. I feel uh, being enslaved I am asking for advice so that I get paid, that's London there I guess you need to talk to the Department of uh, uh, Basic Education in the Eastern Cape because uh, we're made to understand that uh, these issues have been sorted out, maybe we may need to get them back uh, to explain now that we see some of the teachers, temporary teachers have not been paid and a quick one here, if you follow hockey uh, Charlie Pereira has been uh, named as the head coach of the South African men's hockey team, Uh, this was announced today by the South African Hockey Association and of course coming from uh, the one and only Jonathan Cook there who always helps uh, in uh, getting stories out of uh, Hockey SA. With that now we go to create, uh, uh, not yet, we're not going to go to create yet but I'll tell you what, ideas around the practice of environmentally responsible tourism came under the spotlight at this year's Tourism Indaba in Durban as the story that we're hoping to run for you but uh, we've run out of time so let's go to to Create with Michelle Constant. Create is proudly presented by Business and Arts South Africa, bringing the business of the arts and the art of business together.
9: The Baxter Theatre in Cape Town is currently showing the production Long Street Nights. Directed by Nicky Ribello, the production revives the workshopping techniques which the late theatre legend Barney Simon was famous for. According to Ribello, the ensemble cast spent two weeks exploring Long Street in the evening until the early hours of the morning in order to create and find characters which represented their experience of the street.
3: Long Street Nights is a workshop theatre, which means that there's no script to start with. A group of actors, whom I auditioned and chose six actors, went out onto the streets of Long Street for two weeks, meeting every night from 9 p.m. until 2 a.m. in the morning. Hanging out on the streets of Long Street, looking at various characters, listening to bits of dialogue, observing behavior, having thoughts, all of these were jotted and noted and shared with me. And so I took all the material that the six actors provided and I shaped it into a play.
9: One of the things that stood out for Rubello was how the cast members from different cultural backgrounds had different perspectives of Long
3: Street. The main thing that stood out for me, and I was also out on the street every night observing myself, is how People came with their own racial and cultural perspectives. They all saw the world through their own history and their own background, which I found very fascinating. And you could see how as the material came in, they would see the similar things happening on the street but they would see it from different perspectives. So it's really a very nice way of putting something together where you can look at a situation and have various perspectives on it.
9: Rebello, who closely worked with Barney Simon, talks about the role of workshop theatre.
3: Workshop theatre is It's exciting in that it brings to life real life and and stories that are happening right now. So it's immediate. It's talking about life on the streets at the moment, what's on the mind of people at the moment. And so it's uh, dangerous because the potential for anything to happen is there. Barney chose to do workshop theatre in in the early 80s because we were living in a state of emergency and things couldn't be said. There was huge censorship. And the only way a lot of information got out to the public about what was going on in the country was through white and black actors getting together and workshopping and talking about their feelings and what was going on in the country at the time and presenting it in powerful dramas like Black Dog Injun Yama, born in the RSA, where the public got to see what they couldn't see on television or read in the newspapers. So similarly now, we are not living under a state of emergency, but we have issues which are out there on the street, things that people wouldn't normally see on television or talk about, but they're happening out there. People are feeling and thinking things, and this is a way of presenting it in a highly entertaining form.
9: Portraying the character of Siswe, a naive young man from the Eastern Cape, is Tando Doni. Donnie says that as an actor, he prefers this kind of process.
13: It's different when you get a script that is written by someone else and then you have to interpret that and make it your own. But rather hear what happens is that people write their own stuff, which makes it even more interesting because you get to put in your own writing. And of course, you know, when you learn your own things, it's become much easier than when you learn something that is written by someone else. The workshop process, everyone brings stuff into the process and we all can relate to what the other is saying because at some point while in the research process we all Spoke the same things and could identify with the same things and could remember the certain images that were the same for all of us. And then it makes the process much
1: easier and much smoother.
9: Tommy Mbongo Bongo created the character Duma, a young politician. Bongo describes what drew him to the kind of character.
1: I know many people like politicians who go out into this clubs and drink expensive whiskey, drive big cars, and be ambitious. So I wanted to challenge myself as an actor. You know. To play a role that a lot of people can identify to.
9: Long Street Nights will be running at the Baxter Theatre in Cape Town until the 1st of June. I'm Michelle Constant. This feature was produced by Monique Sunder, and you can email me on create at
0: Create, proudly brought to you by Business and Arts South Africa, creating new opportunities for business arts partnerships. Email create at just uh, one uh, tweet here coming from Tulani Engwe saying that please ask Mayor Tao how much is the prepaid installation and what are smart meters there? Tulani uh, sending that a tweet from Chippestown. Well this is what I'm going to do because it's post that interview. I'm going to ask Mandisa to write to the mayor and ask this question. As soon as we get an answer from, from the mayor, I'll read it out to you, Tulani, to, to in Chipistan. So stay tuned. And The only reason why the bus drivers uh, have got 10% is because they haven't paid them for a month. Employers saved, workers lost big time. That one is an SMS coming through from Rodney. With that, we leave it here uh, for your Monday edition of uh, Midday Live on SAFM. The team today, Mabubuluka and Mandi Samtelu, and technical producer is Mark Prella. Our senior producer is uh, Nomalizo Mandela, and executive producers Abusi, uh, Chane, and Aubrey uh, My name is Bongi Kuala. We'll meet again tomorrow on Tuesday.